So for those of you that are here for the first time, I'm Miriam Delgado. I'm Pastor Delgado's wife. Like I, I said I before, like I said before, we've been married for 37 years. And we have two children, and one of them is here, Albert. He's right here. Albert, stand up so they see you. He usually preaches on this service. Yes, and today he's going to come up here and share something also what are you gonna share? with his father. On Mother's Day, he's going to surprise me. What? He's going to surprise you? <laughs> You're hard to be surprised. <laughs> Praise so we have Lord. two children and five grandchildren. Mm. So that is a blessing. That is a blessing. We have some pictures that we want you to Where see. Where are the pictures? Put the pictures in. Uh, of our families, those of you that are here for the first time. Look at them. These are um, Al Veronica, our daughter, and Albert, and the there are four grandkids, but now we have another. This is a couple of years old, huh? Yeah. And now this is the, this is the, the other baby, Yamara. She's so beautiful. We love her. And my daughter, Veronica, she has, Albert has three girls. But Veronica, she has uh, Havana and Alex. And that's ha Veronica and her husband. Havana and Alex, there, there they are. Wow, my God, the family's growing. We're getting older. Wow. <laughs> and these are my, grand, my granddaughters, which I enjoy going out with them and you know, is, take them is, to the mall. Who is a beautiful woman? She likes woman. to go to Claire's and buy these little things. Oh, yeah. so, what? And who? that's Amada. Look at her. She's grown now. She's a beautiful She's girl. She's beautiful. So this is our family, and we're just so blessed. You know, this, my son, when he was like, Veronica was more quiet. Look at him. <laughs> yeah, Veronica, Veronica was. Uh... Veronica was uh, in the middle of that. She used to wake up when she was a baby. And that's her. That's Veronica. Look how pretty. We look like sisters, right? Oh, yeah. You look so young. <laughs> you have two daughters. Yes. <laughs> you know, when, when, they were, when, when, when they were little, when they were babies, Veronica was like, she used to cry. She was hungry. I, I changed her diapers and ate, and she had milk of the bottle, and then she went back to sleep. But this, this guy, boy right here, oh my God. He wouldn't allow me to sleep. I couldn't sleep for what, three months, perhaps? For three or four months. It was like, how do you call it? Like colicos? How do you say that in English? The what? The colicos. Colicos. No, stomach pains, whatever. Oh my God. He was crying all night. You, all night for about three, four months. No, no, I was already thinking of giving him away. <laughs> <laughs> I was trying to look for somebody. Man, there was really, well, you always gave us trouble, but you're doing better now. <laughs> oh, wow, this is, it was not easy. When we took you to the, to the doctor at the beginning, like the first three, three, four weeks for your shots, oh, my God, he saw us with... Uh, dark circles right here because we didn't sleep. He slept during the day, but we had to work. But at night, he was awake all night screaming. Oh, wow, that was horrible. So you know something? Moms, moms, nobody sees you in the middle of the night when you're awake with your child. But you know something? You are special, and you're a good mom. You're a good mom. Really? It is, um, I honor the moms because, you know, it's not easy. You have to cook. Sometimes they work outside. They have a job. You have to cook, clean the house, uh, do homework with your kids, 
you have to work in the house and sometimes you have to work outside also, especially if you're a single mom. It uh -huh. is really hard. It's not easy. But God, God gives you the grace, the grace to do everything. So that's why it's important that you uh, train your children in the ways of the Lord. Bring them to church so you have that help that you need to raise children at this time. You can put me in uh, Psalm 127, 1. What does it say? 127.1. Except the Lord build a house, they labor in vain that build it. Except the Lord keep the city, the watchman waketh but in vain. In other words, we're talking about here the house as a home. It doesn't, you see, because sometimes we are thinking of building our house in the, in the physical Round, we want a nice bedroom, we want a nice uh, patio, uh, you know, beautiful lamps, and that is fine. And that will give you pleasure and satisfaction for a while. But after it's there, if your husband doesn't value you, if your children are astray, in other words, it's going to be a situation that uh, it doesn't matter how beautiful your house is. Your home, it, it will deteriorate. So unless the Lord builds the house. So what do I mean? Is you, father and mother. You see, usually the preaching in Father's Day and Mother's Day are very similar. Uh, they have different roles, but it's very different. Very similar because even though they have different roles, the main role is, a basic role, is to build a house. So your children to produce that to their own children. Because we have children, then we have, how many uh, people here have grandchildren? Grandchildren? Yeah, we'll raise our hands too. Me too. <laughs> yeah. Anybody here have great-grandchildren? No. No? In the, after, in the, we had several. In the service, in the first service. We have a lot of people here in the first service. Was well, a bunch of people with great-grandchildren. You know? Right. So, the point is you're going to have the grandchildren and maybe the great-grandchildren, but how have you built that house so those generations will be a blessing? Because, listen, there are mothers that have been crying for years with the headache of the husband and the headaches, great headaches of their children. So, you have to understand, when they are little, you got to push them to come to church. you got to push them. No, no, you got to come to church. And uh, God will give us the wisdom. Yes. God will give us the wisdom. Now, when they're getting older, don't push them. Because then you got to influence them with, uh, well, if you do this, I'll give you this. You go to church, I'm going to let you do that. So he'll have options at least. And you don't push them. You push them, then they get rebellious. Mm -hmm. There's an age that is difficult. But anyway... Your heart, the, the mother is basic. Mm -hmm. The mother, even though the father is the head of the house, the mother has a tremendous influence in the family. When mama is happy, everybody's happy. <laughs> when mama is unhappy, hide. <laughs> okay? So what I'm, why is that? Because she has a tremendous influence. The father, the father is the head of the house, but she 
She has the ability with her influence to handle and manage and manipulate the husband. Unfortunately, that's the way it is. All right, don't, you don't have to say, don't laugh, don't cry. It is what it is. The women have the ability to influence and manipulate the husband and the children. So what does it mean now? When you understand that God has given you that ability, you use that ability to influence, to build the house in the manner of the Lord. That's what I'm trying to tell you. Because, and you know in your heart, there's no mother here that is dumb. You know what you're doing. You know in your heart when you are manipulating for the good of the family mm. or you're manipulating for your own desires. So you what, see? what a privilege to be that woman mm -hmm. that has the responsibility to teach the next generation. Oh, yes. So that you can be, that you are the greatest influence on the life of your children and you're teaching that job is so great to teach the next generation. So let's teach them the ways of the Lord. Let's teach them for, for them to walk without fear, for them to know the Holy Spirit is with, with them. You know, so you need to teach, train your children in the ways of the Lord. That is so important, especially at this time that we're living. It's not easy. They're not uh, easy times right now. But you have the ability and the influence and the responsibility to teach your children to love God, to trust the Lord, to be that, uh, you know, special. Amen. Everybody's going to confront situations in your life. Mm. I don't care how much you build your house in the Lord. You're going to have your, your obstacles. But what I mean to say is that you will be able to jump those obstacles in the name of the Lord. Right. You will be able to realize. You, you cannot go in there. You know, some people think that after you receive Jesus Christ in your heart and you start walking correctly, everything is, you know, a, a, a garden full of roses. It's not like that. Mm -hmm. The devil will try to stop your advancement. And he will come with different situation. And then you're going to have to, have to, you're going to have to know how to handle that situation. So the closer you are, communication is tremendously well. The mothers, uh, you communicate with your husband what your feelings are. With your children, talk to them. Have a meeting with them. Uh, there are things that we did. There are things that we didn't do. That we now have learned and we say, what if I would have done that, it would have been better. Now as they come, people with situations that we had come to us and we advise them, there are things that we learn. We are constantly learning. Don't ever think that you don't learn because you are whatever you are. We are constantly learning. I've been now 41 years as a pastor. I'm over 70 years old, but I'm telling you, I constantly are learning. And I pass that learning to you so you will not have to go through what I went through. I believe that I gave my, my kids time enough. But the truth was that because of the church, I didn't give my kids time enough. And I could have still do what I had to do in church. And I could have given my children the time that they needed. Maybe this guy wouldn't give me that much trouble as he did give me. And I'm not talking when he didn't let me sleep when he was little. It was worse when he were up. When he was 14 years and old. And I, he, could, I couldn't, he couldn't let me sleep because he didn't arrive. <laughs> and I was waiting for him. 
So, so maybe I had something to learn there to pass to others that come and say, hey, is God, family, and then your church or the work. But after, God is the family. Yes. What if I remember you're a, a pastor? Yes, that pulls a lot from me, but still, God and family. So I can do the best for the congregation in their needs, but if I lose my family, those that I have helped will come against me. I will say, but this is the pastor that is teaching me. This is the pastor I'm supposed to guide me. Because that's what people are. So be sure that you do your best for your family. Amen. I'm sure that we were criticized. Because I told everybody the problem that I had with my son. I never, you, know, you cannot hide certain things. Because gossip starts and they will add, because this is, you know, in every group, Satan always puts some uh, snakes that are waiting to, to, to bite you and put poison in you. So be clear with the people. Of course, what they hear, they may not like it, because they think that pastors will never have problems with the children. That pastors will never do this, pastors will never, their kids are... Like, you know Perfect. what I mean? Perfect. So when you say something like that, there'll be criticism, but they will not be able to gossip. They will not be able to add. And it comes a time that most people will understand. And we say, hey, but you know, pastors are not perfect. Pastors are just like we are. And that's what it is. My anointing is able to teach you, but not to live. I have to live just like you live. And I got to go, go through the same things you go through. Even though I may tell you some things, because I have to, see? You remember? But we, we teach you. We teach you exactly not to give up in times of right. trouble. That's it. In times of testing. Correct. In times of tribulation. You do not give up. You, you don't quit. Hmm. You have to stick to the promises of God. And you have to apply that word. Even though you see difference. What you're seeing, what you're feeling is contrary to what, you, to what is the reality that is going around you. You have to trust in the Lord that he will take care of that situation. Because that's one of the advice that I have here for you. I have, one of the advices that I have here for you is, is don't be anxious. Anxious. Don't be anxious. Don't be worried about everything. You can't because if you were, if you get, like for example, when we went through that situation with our son, I mean, I had my, my weak moments that I cried, but you know what? I have to go to the God's word. Oh man, you got to go. God's word yeah. and God's promises. And I said, God, the fruit of my womb is blessed or so my son will be free of addiction. My son will be free. He's not going to be there permanent. You this is to, a temporary situation. You have to remember the power of your words. I, I, call, I call the things, <laughs> that, the are things that are not. I, I call them as I, they were. As they were like God intended them to be. Of course. So it's not that we were lying or we were hypocrites. No. We were just trusting the Lord. And we were going to see results. Because we stick to that word. So you mothers have to realize the power you have in your tongue to declare what God says Amen. in the middle of situation. Remember, you're building your house, Amen. your home, yes. that it will produce peace in the present and will produce peace for your children and grandchildren. Mm -hmm. So you're going to be confronted with situations yes. that you may not like. Perhaps it's Confrontation with your husband, 
with your children or just something that may happen Financial that could problem, whatever it is. will be an impact in the family. Remember the power that you have in your tongue right. to declare what God says that probably is, what God is saying probably is different than whatever is taking place. Yeah. This is important. Don't allow yourself to submit or to kneel before the things that are happening. God's word is superior yes. for you and you will declare it and that declaration and believing it and the constancy of maintaining and remaining firm will change the things that are being appearing. Amen. That's true. You follow yes. that? Yes. That's right. You have a great influence in the family. Part of it is this. You have the responsibility to influence your husband, your children, etc., with the words you declare because you're going to see this is happening in the family. This is the bills. This is this. And then all of a sudden you will hear your mother say, but this is what the word says. This is what the Bible says. This, this, and that. That's an influence. You women have a power of influence. Must realize it and then must realize the power you have in your mouth. You know, I used to go to his room mm. and I used to go with that such an authority in that room, in that bed. I used to go and pray and rebuke every demonic addiction spirit. Yes. I used to be like, you know, like the phone when you put it to charge, is fully charged. Well, you know, I got, that situation made me like a, a, a prayer warrior. I became aggressive. I became aggressive against the enemy that wanted to destroy his life and wanted to destroy the family. You cannot be passive. You have to be aggressive. And you have to know your rights. You, know, you, you need to know your authority that you have in the name of Jesus. You need to know the promises that you have. Mm -hmm. And you cannot be silent. You have to speak. You have to speak to your house. You have to speak to that. I went to his bed. And I used to pray over his bed. Over his pillow. I said, Holy Spirit, when my son Albert lays down in this bed, you will give him conviction and he will change his life. You will give him conviction. You cannot be passive. Oh, God will do it. No, 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 no. You have to be aggressive. Aggressive. You have to be violent. That's what the word says. The violent take it by force. By force. The violent take it by force. So you need to have violent. You need to know. That's why you need to come to church. You need to go to the growth track. You need to go to the Bible Institute. You need to know the word. You need to learn the word. So you know your rights. So you know your privilege. And you know the authority that you have. Amen. Praise God. Blessed so one advice. One advice I give you. What advice? Don't be anxious. Don't be anxious. Okay, Philippians 4, 6. Let's it? read what it says. Philippians 4, 6. You can put it there in the new. Uh, any, any, it says here. Do yes. not be anxious. You read it. Do not be anxious about anything. But in everything by prayer and supplication. With thanksgiving. Remember. Thanksgiving is an extremely powerful thing that you have. Because that is the greater faith activator. Thanksgiving. You're giving God thanks for something you're expecting, but you don't have it yet. And remember, we are accustomed or we are in the natural world to give thanks after we have received. 
after we can touch and have the present, then we give thanks. But if we, faith is believing you have it even though it has not manifested yet. If you are giving thanksgiving, that's a powerful thing. It hits the heavens. And that is an accelerator for you to receive that which you are waiting. Because you're so, trusting God. You do, know that God, the, the promises that you're expecting is going to come true. Do you not, no let, me, let me finish the reading. Do not be anxious about anything. By a translation, say, be careful for nothing. In other words, you are cares. You are careful. No, be careful. Be careful is another thing. It says, be careful for something. You don't want to be full of cares. Mm -hmm. Because you want to put your cares on the shoulders of Jesus Christ. So that's what gives you the anxiety. Anxiety, the situation that you are caring for this, caring for that. You got to let it go. Amen. Everybody say, I let go of my cares. Say it, I let go of my cares. I put it on the shoulders of Jesus Christ. Be not anxious about anything. But in everything, by prayer and supplication with thanksgiving, let your request be made known to God. So you, allow, you say it, you declare it, giving God thanks. I'm not being careful or anxious. We care, Jesus cares about you. And he wants to take your cares. And he wants to, he wants to battle for you. He wants to go to war. He wants to win. He fights my battles. He wants to fight your battles. There's a song that says that. He'll fight my battles. That's what it He'll is. He'll fight your battles. And another advice that I have for you, moms, that sometimes you feel guilty because you didn't spend time with them. Like, you know, I, I feel guilty sometimes with them. What do you do? <laughs> no, one day you told me, Mom, well, you, you, you always was in church working. You told me that. I'm Veronica also. But it's well, true. Told so, you that. Yeah, yeah he, he told me that. Not now, but he used to. But you know what? You cannot be, uh, you, don't, you cannot blame yourself or feel guilty. You, you did what you had to do at that time. Yeah. Especially I, if you didn't know the Lord. With the you knowledge know, you had. Don't blame yourself. You did the best that you knew how. All right? So at that time, like for example, I gave him birth on a Friday morning. And on Sunday months, on a Monday morning, I was in church working. Because we were, like, we had nobody there. Just him, me, and, a, and another person that w used to work there cleaning the church. Not here. We were on 31st Avenue and 25th 26 Street, Street Southwest. It was the, our first church that we, that we bought. It was a Jewish synagogue. And we were there for, uh, from eight, eight, 87 to 92 when we moved to the, to the chapel. That was the, the church in 1992 with Andrew, with Hurricane Andrew, we moved there. Uh -huh. So, <laughs> you know, it was, it was hard. It was hard for us at the beginning. I, I had, we had to do everything. I had to work in the office and, and visit people and do the prayer service with him and go to the hospitals and do a lot of things that we, that we had nobody to do it until we started developing leaders and other people that helped us. Mm. So it was hard at the beginning. It was really hard. But you know what? You cannot blame yourself. You cannot walk in condemnation. You, you, you are see, free. God wants you free. Look what Romans says in, what does it in say? Romans 8, verse 1. Hmm. You cannot blame yourself. If you need to ask forgiveness, ask forgiveness. If you need to repent, repent. But don't blame yourself and don't walk in so condemnation. So now there is no condemnation. 
for those who belong to Christ Jesus. Amen. How many here belong to Christ Jesus? Hallelujah. You see, Hallelujah. that means, men or women, we need to enter a freedom yes. from whatever they have done to us or we have done to others. Remember, both things. Whatever we have done to others or we have been receiving that they have done to us, we, everything that has caused us pain, all right? Whatever they do to us, it causes me pain. But whatever I do to somebody else, it causes them pain. So whatever pain is caused, in Jesus Christ, if you acknowledge and you recognize what you've done, you got to come out free from it. You cannot come in condemnation. Because you come in condemnation now, remember, why well, I shouldn't have done that. Why did I do that to that person? Oh, I'm praying about the same thing. You become uh, jailed mm -hmm. and uh, full of change. You become uptight. They, they bind you. You got to be free, no condemnation. And if you have done wrong and you are able, you should go to that person even though you did it 20 years ago. And say, I got to tell you before, I know I haven't seen you in 20 years, but I, I got to do this before I go with the Lord. I got to ask you for forgiveness because you remember that. Oh, that, yeah, yeah, I did you wrong and I have repented. In other words, you must restore certain things. It's not just simply talking to God and repenting. If I took money from somebody 10 years ago, and now I realize because I'm a Christian what I've done to that person and I repent. God expects me to put works to that faith. Corresponding action. My corresponding action is try to find that guy and give him the money that I take him from him. Do you, know, you see what I'm saying? Restore. But it's going to be hard. Of course it's going to be hard. But that's, the, some, that's an easy consequence. To, <laughs> so that guy will tell you a bunch of things and close the door on your nose. You deserve it. So you just go, repent to him, give him the money you owe him, and then be totally free. Amen. I can find the guy. He is dead. Whatever. I don't even know that person. That... Then fine. In the name of Jesus, just walk. And concentrate in building your family. Don't allow nothing of the past to be an obstacle for you to build your home, your Amen. house. Amen. Because your house will stand and be in peace only if God is in it. Hallelujah. And God will not Praise be in God. it if you, are not, if you are in condemnation. Blessed be the name of the Lord. Hallelujah. So I want to give you two promises, Mom and Dad, what are, are here. And those that are watching. I want to give you a promise that the situation, the present situation that uh, you, you're your child is in the present situation. He's not walking according to God's word, you know. But let me give you these two promises for you to believe, for you to stand on these promises, and for you to not to see these situations as a permanent situation, but, but as a temporary situation. That situation is going to change. God will transform the life of your, ch of your children. He will touch their life. And your constant prayer will produce the Holy Spirit to give them conviction, to change. So I'm going to give you this promise. It's in Go. Isaiah 49, 18. Pray this, believe God, 
Isaiah 49, 18. They're going to put it here in the, on the screens. Praise God. Lift up your eyes around and see. Wow. That's talking about your spiritual eyes. Mm -hmm. Yes. You have to see what God says you want to see. You have to see what God says he wants to give you. Amen. Even though you may not have it or you cannot see it when you're... Your physical eye are seeing uh, poverty and lack, mm -hmm. but see what God wants you to see. Uh, talking about your father, and you are an heir of the Lord, and he walks up there in calles de oro, streets made out of gold. Praise God. Lift all your eyes around and see. They all gather, they come to you. As I live, I declare the Lord. You shall put them all on ornaments, and you shall bind them as a bride does. That's a promise for your children. That is a promise for your children. That you'll see them transformed by the power of God. Oh, yeah, transformed. You will see them transformed. And then I have another promise in Isaiah 44, 3. I want you to put it there. Isaiah 44, 3. This is another promise that God is a God of generation and he will bless your generation. Your children, your grandchildren, the, your, your generation is blessed. 44.3. For, for I will pour water on the thirsty land. You know what water is? Water is a symbol of the word of God. Amen. When you hear, when you read the word, sometimes it's a symbol of the Holy Spirit, but most of the time it's a symbol of the word of God. Amen. So... For I will pour water on the thirsty land. There's a lot of people that are spiritually thirsty. And they need that water. Because they lack of that which is so needed to live. And to make, to, you know, to, to be victorious in your life. Water. For I will pour water on the thirsty land. And the streams of the dry ground. I will pour my spirit upon your offsprings. Offsprings are your children and your grandchildren. I will pour my spirit, that's tremendous, upon your offsprings and my blessings on your descendants. My Lord Jesus, he's blessing my children and my grandchildren and even my great-grandchildren even before they are born. This is the God that wants you to build your home with these promises. Let them children know. Let your grandchildren know the importance of how much God loves them. Because if we have confronted problems, the way we are going, our children and grandchildren are going to be confronting even greater problems. The culture is being changed. We have a situation. Mm -hmm. There is an indirect persecution with Christians right now. Mm -hmm. And that indirect persecution could become direct persecution. Because to establish a new culture, especially the culture that they want to establish in the United States, God has to be taken out of the equation. Because it's very hard to remove this culture and put a new one unless God is not the main. Remember, this was based... This constitution and everything in the land was based in uh, biblical, principle. biblical principle, Judeo-Christian mm -hmm. principles and laws. So what I mean to say, 
the things that you are going to face or being facing will be no nothing but will be smaller degree than your children and grandchildren are going to face. So our trust is that Jesus will come soon. Amen. Our trust the is Lord in the Lord. Thank you, Lord, for, for, for this mom, for this Mother's Day. I pray, Lord, for moms. I pray for single moms everywhere. Bless them with the power through your Holy Spirit to raise their children with grace, wisdom, and truth. During those moments of difficulty and despair, remind them of the promises from your word to strengthen and encourage them. Thank you, Lord.